Hi, I'm Rail Bricker, and I'll be one of your hosts for the Business Excellence Podcast. Hi, and I'm Lindsay Adams. I'm the co-host. And together, we're going to be talking about what makes up business excellence. And we believe that you can never be perfect. All you can be is excellent. And in our businesses and in our lives, we want to achieve excellence. And that's why this is the Business Excellence Podcast. Welcome to today's episode of the Business Excellence Podcast. Today, I'm in the company of royalty in the speaking world. I have with me Lindsay Adams, my co-host of the Business Excellence Podcast, and David Price. And Lindsay and David are, in Australian terms, the royalty of our speaking industry of professional speakers. They are both Hall of Fame speakers, but they're both Hall of Fame speakers. They were both national and internationally involved national presidents and they were both national and international presidents of both professional speakers, or as it was called in those days, National Speakers Australia, and of the Global Speakers Federation, which is the umbrella body of all speaking bodies around the world. So I'm Rail Bricker. I'm in awe of the royalty we have today. David Price um, has three words in his motto, which is smarter meetings, smarter presentations, and smarter facilitation. So I'm going to hand over to my co-host, Lindsay Adams. Thanks, Rael, and uh, hello, everybody. David, it's, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here again, mate, and to, uh, to catch up. Long time no speak. Um, you're, you've been known for years as Mr. Meetings. And, I have. You know, I recall when I was on the board of uh, the National Speakers Association, we were on the board together many years ago, any, any meeting, query, problem, whatever, and we would turn to David. And David, what's the ruling here? What should we do here? So, David, you know, you've got a lot of experience. So let, let's talk about that. How many, how many meetings happen every day around the world? Do you, you know, have you got a number on that? Well, um, yes and no. Uh, it, it, the jury's out. It depends what you read. Now, I've read something from America that reckons there's 87 million meetings held every day. Um, who knows if that's right or not? Uh, but let's just agree that it's lots, and it would be, over the world, millions of meetings every day. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree. So what do people generally say about meetings? Is it, is it something that people enjoy, look forward to? Oh, no, they don't look forward to them. No one ever said, oh, fantastic, another meeting. <laughs> no one ever said that. So the three things that people say about meetings are that uh, they are too long, there's too many of them, and they're not productive. It's they're the three things. David, the, uh, my late father, who was a great speaker and inspired me as a speaker, always used to say that meetings are places where minutes are kept and hours are lost. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. That's a saying that's been around a long time. But the the interesting thing is that uh, sometimes minutes aren't even kept anymore. The world has changed. The the meeting world has changed and continues to change. And that's not just because of COVID. Uh, Meetings have just changed generally. Interesting. uh, I'm in an association at the moment. They have their meetings by Zoom. And the Zoom recording becomes the minutes, which I find quite curious. What are your thoughts on that one, David? Well, that's an interesting one. Look, um, look, the, the Zoom, the minutes are a record. In legal terms, the minutes are a record. Now, that record could be written 
in the traditional form or it could be audio slash video in a Zoom. The problem with using the Zoom recording for the minutes is it's very difficult to locate something without listening or watching the whole thing. You can speed it up, sure, but you still can't just, you know, go through and say, oh, there's the bit I need, you know, the third item or whatever, whereas in a written form you can do that. But the uh, what I recommend with if people are using Zoom for their minutes is to just use an automatic transcriber like Otter. There's a number of tools available and it just transcribes automatically and then you've got them. The downside of using Zoom for minutes, Lindsay, is that minutes are not a record of what everyone says anyway. And so they get a transcription and a transcription isn't the minutes. It's not a, it, it can be used, but it's not, it's very ineffective to use the Zoom recording as the minutes. However, minute takers love it because they don't have to do anything except yeah. push start and push stop. Can I ask a question then, David? So what, and maybe I'm jumping the gun, but what should be in the minutes? What, what should the minutes be recording for an association that has to have a particular number of official meetings? I'm not talking about, you know, a strategy meeting where you're coming up with plans and things. I'm talking about an official meeting of sorts. Yep. So it's uh, there's a there's an easy list rail. First of all, minutes need to have the protocol items. Now, the protocol items are what the meeting was, when it was, where it was, who was there, who apologised, and the confirmation of the previous minutes. So they're the protocol items. They need to be in the minutes. The next thing that needs to be in the minutes is a list of the topics that were covered and the decisions that were made and the action that's necessary as a result of those decisions. What is not a part of minutes is what anyone said. And that's where people get themselves into hot water because they try to write down what people say. What people say is uh, simply not part of the minutes. So then that leads me to, I guess, the next question. Are great chairs made trained to be a great chair of a meeting or are people just naturally good at doing that or do they need to be trained? Look, there are some people who are natural leaders and, of course, chairing a meeting is a leadership role. Uh, So certainly there are some people who are natural. However, the more complex a meeting, then there's techniques and strategies that uh, need to be learned. And I think that it's one of the crucial skills for emerging leaders to learn, and that is how to run a great meeting. The interesting thing, Rail, is the um, younger people don't use the word chair or chairperson. They say run a meeting or lead a meeting. Uh, The most common is run a meeting, Um, uh, but it doesn't really matter. The the answer to your question is uh, uh, great chairs or great leaders of meetings are made. Very, very few are born. There's a whole series of skills that people can learn, and once they have those, providing they have some good EQ as well, meaning emotional intelligence and they can read the meeting and read the people in the meeting, then they'll make a great chair. So the best chairs know the result of any decision long before they put it to the vote because they've read the meeting. They're able to read the uh, uh, the people in the meeting and, and they know what the decision is going to be. So they, so they therefore know when to put it to the vote. I'm just uh, recalling uh, many a board meeting that I've spent sitting beside you or near you, uh, David, and uh, your predictions as to how 
how this motion would be dealt with and how it would uh, what the outcomes would be. Oh, you can tell. You can tell almost straight away once the discussion starts. You've only got to read the, the meeting, read the body language. You know where everyone stands. You know the jellyfish. You know the people who will sit on the fence. You know the people who will vote in a particular way if another person votes a particular way. Um, you, you just You just know. Okay, then, you know, is there a measure or can you measure the effectiveness or the success of meetings? Well, yes, I guess you can measure the success of meetings. And it is when people walk out happy that they've been or perhaps not happy but not angry. Um, and people can be really angry leaving a meeting when it's not productive. And the second part is knowing what they need to do. So you need to think of a meeting in project management terms. If you think like a project manager, then meetings run really well. And by that, I simply mean, I mean, what has to be done next? You know, meetings are part of um, an ongoing process. So wherever you're at now, you need to know where do we go next? So if people leave a meeting knowing what they have to do next, then that's a measure of a good meeting. Do you think, David, that that having, say, a board of a board of an association, let's say a not-for-profit, where you have your let's call it official business, and then it's good for I, I mean, I'm on on, on on a couple of boards, and I find that sometimes we say, right, we this is a Chatham House rules section. This is going to be let's get some discussion going. That's not going to have a decision today but let's just judge the flavour of where people are thinking we should be going strategically. And so not, it, although it's part of an official meeting, the official parts have closed and then it becomes a, a facilitated meeting. Is, is that a legal, <laughs> uh, you know, in terms of the protocols for an official, say, board meeting? And B, you know, I find that it works well for team building, but you may have a different view. Well, it's certainly not illegal, Rail. There's, uh, there's no doubt about that. However, it's not very efficient. And it, it, if you're going to have that sort of meeting, you're better off to have that sort of meeting, and that's all you have. Um, the problem is that uh, you, you said it in your question that we're not going to make a decision today. You'll have some people who then switch off. They're just not interested because what the research shows is you'll have that exact same discussion next time and the research is really interesting it also shows the same people say the same thing the second time as they did the first time and it just goes around and around in circles now having a strategy meeting is a good idea but mixing it with a business meeting is not a good idea unless there's a specific break for instance you might have a board meeting that runs until morning tea and then between morning tea and lunchtime you have a strategy meeting that's okay but Strategy meetings are always a bit woolly. They're a bit fuzzy. And the reason is in your question, and that is you don't make decisions. Um, Now, it doesn't matter if you don't make decisions if everyone knows you're not going to make decisions and you are purely um, flying a kite, uh, shooting the breeze to see, let's look at what ideas there are. The good old blue sky thinking, if you use Edward de Bono's model. Um, what, what could we do? They're, they're good meetings to have, but, uh, you know, perhaps every six months or once a year. Uh, but you, if you have them every time, you'll get a bit of disengagement and you won't get... The minute you get disengagement, 
you lose traction with the good ideas. The good ideas um, uh, don't come when people are not engaged. I've seen a lot of people, a lot of disengagement in meetings, people sitting back, uh, you know, frustrated, withdrawn, whatever. You know, I wonder sometimes, David, what do meetings cost? I mean, we must, you know, industry must waste an inordinate amount of money, manpower hours or, you know, personnel hours in in meetings. Well, your first question to me, Lindsay, was the time, and I said there's no definitive answer. And, of course, it's the same with this one. Because there's no definitive answer in terms of time and the number of meetings, there's no definitive answer in terms of cost. However, it's relatively easy to to calculate but there's a sting in the tail. So the calculation is simply look around the room, work out the average salary of the people in the room, double that because that's the opportunity cost, you know, what, they, what they're not doing while they're in the meeting, right. work out the hourly rate, and you've got the cost of the meeting. Now, a particular meeting is not going to cost a lot. It might be $500, it might be $1,000, it might be $5,000. But if you're meeting like that every week or twice a week, then that adds up. But here's the sting in the tail. Nowhere on the budget or the balance sheet will you find a line that says cost of meetings. Yeah, yeah. No one has to write a cheque or in today's or transfer the funds for the cost of the meetings. And so they don't get uh, calculated and therefore they don't get measured and therefore the productivity or the lack of productivity doesn't feature on the radar of lots of organisations. Yeah. So, David, with with the the pandemic, obviously, of the last eight or nine months, but in you know, and the shift to online, I know you've done a lot of work around protocols for online meetings because we have to at least talk to each other. And you know, I guess the broader question is why have meetings at all? But why have meetings online now? And what are the what major protocol shifts have there been? to the online meeting world? Well, one of the great things that's happened, Rail, is that within the online meeting world, general business at last has been put where it belongs and that is in the rubbish bin. The best meetings never have general business. I'll run that by again. The best meetings never have general business. Oh, I like that. Now, what that means is this, general business in the sense that I mean it is things that are not on the agenda. In other words, people raise, you you know, the typical meeting in years gone by and still in many, many organisations, they get to the end of the agenda and they say, okay, we're now going to general business. And then the people who are lazy and the people who are manipulative will then raise their issues to talk about. And what the research shows is you will very rarely reach a conclusion on any item in general business. It will come up again the next week when it is on the agenda. So the best meetings never have general business. That is, they never have discussion on things that are not on the agenda. Now, there's a proviso, and it's come because of COVID, and that is this. The most hated phrase in meetings prior to COVID was by participants, not by the chair, hated by participants was this, we'll just go round the table. (laughs) The participants hate it. 
because as much as they are professional and get on with their colleagues, they actually don't care what their colleagues are doing unless it impacts on them. And so someone will go, oh, look, I'd just like to let you know that my keyboard's still stuck on the letter W and I've been on to IT and they go on and on and on. No one needs to know that stuff. Now, COVID has changed because going around the table is like the are you okay? It's the check-in and that is valid because if it's a, a Zoom meeting, and it can also be valid in a face-to-face meeting if it's done from the framework of, look, is everything okay? Is there any help that any of you need? Not what issues would you like to discuss? If you've got an issue to discuss, put it on the agenda. So um, in terms of COVID, what's changed is meetings have got rid of the general business because there's no time, but they have added, in many cases, not all, a section of the meeting which is best described as an are you okay section or is there anything you need section. And that, I think, is perfectly valid. But it doesn't, get, doesn't need to get minuted. So it's, it's, a, it's the general uh, chat, and I would, I would limit the length of that to five or ten minutes total. So, Just David, we, everyone. We, we've all, we agree now that meetings waste a lot of time, they cost a lot of money. Why do we have them? Why, not, why do we have them at all? Well, look, that's a really good question, Lindsay. And if you ask people who chair meetings, they'll give you one answer, and I'll tell you in a second what it is. And if you ask participants in meetings, they'll give you another answer. Now, the chairs say it's a very effective use of time. And I can get all my people together in the one room and we can do everything that we need. And and that sounds great. The participants say they're a total waste of time. In about 70% of cases, the research shows that about 70% 70 of people say that all of the meetings they go to are a waste of time, all of them. And so you've got to ask, well, why do people have them? So you've got to go back and say, do I need to meet, first of all? And the reason for most meetings is it's Tuesday at 12 noon and we always meet at Tuesday at 12 noon. So when I challenge people, I say, yes, but what's the purpose? And they look at me and they say, well, I just told you it's Tuesday at 12 noon. Now that's not a purpose. That's a time. And so uh, the the purpose of the meeting becomes the frequency of the meeting and that's not a good purpose at all. So you've got to ask yourself, what really do we need to do now? Meetings exist for one or both of two reasons. One is to make decisions. They're the good meetings. And the other is to share information. And if they're just sharing information meetings, I can promise you the engagement will be close to zero. No one cares about information meetings. They would much rather get the information by email. Now, people say, yes, but people don't read their emails. And I agree, they don't read their emails, but neither do they listen in the meeting. So we've done research. We've asked people when they go out of a meeting, what were the three information items you were told today? Oh, um, uh, well, look, I don't really know. I was checking my email at that time or whatever. So meetings aren't an efficient way to have information. Now, most meetings are, in fact, a combination of decisions and information, and often the other way around. Of course, the information comes and then the decision gets made. Uh, but information-only items on meetings are very unpopular 
and very inefficient. So if you calculate all the time, uh, which we have done, um, a manager who calls a meeting is actually more effective to have uh, perhaps three or four very quick meetings with just the people he needs on just the items. There's one other thing they can do, and that is structure the agenda so that the items at the beginning of the agenda are the ones that need the most number of people. And then as the meeting progresses and people are not required for items near the end of the agenda, agenda let them go. Let them leave the meeting. Let them go back to their desk. So the meeting might start off with, let's say, seven people, then it might go down to six and then five, and then it might end up with three people. But that's a very efficient use of the time of the people, and that builds engagement. It doesn't decrease it. People argue with me and they say, oh, but that's very rude to do that. Um, I don't think it's rude at all. I think it's just very good time management. Okay, so bearing time management in mind, uh, let's move to wrap up our conversation. So, David, then you've had buckets, bucket loads of experience in meetings. Um, you've got a wealth of knowledge. Just share with us three tips that are going to make meetings better for our listeners. Okay, so three tips. First of all, decide whether a meeting is necessary at all. Secondly, decide who needs to be there. And Third, and that's not everyone necessarily. Sometimes you need meetings that have less people than the whole team. And the third one is have an agenda. Now, there's a proviso to the last one, but I'll get to that in just a sec. So the agenda is simply the plan. It's just the plan. What are we going to discuss? And an agenda needs to be a question-based agenda. In other words, what questions need to be answered? What decisions need to be made? Now, the proviso is there are some meetings, the IT world use scrum meetings. That's a 10 minute, usually a 10-minute stand-up meeting at the beginning of the day. They literally stand in a circle, they roster the chair or the leader, and they just go around saying, what are you up to today? What resources do you need? And it's exactly the same meeting every day, except that it's an update. And so there's no agenda necessary for those sort of sure. meetings. But for most meetings, you need the agenda. So decide whether you need the meeting at all, who needs to be there, and have an agenda. Thank you very much, David. And if anyone wants to contact you, if any of the listeners would like to contact you, what is the best way to get hold of David Julian Price? David at davidprice.com. David at davidprice.com. Uh, that will uh, give you my contact details and uh, give you everything about the work that I do. And I'm guessing your website's davidprice.com then, David? You are guessing quite accurately there, Lindsay. The website is right. davidprice.com. There we go. So now you know where to find Mr. Meetings. Uh, David, it's been an absolute pleasure to uh, share time with you again. Uh, and, Rail, I'll throw to you to close off the meeting. Or the, yes, the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. And thank you for listening to today's podcast on the Business Excellence podcast series with my co-host, Lindsay Adams and David Price, royalty of the Australian speaking industry. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Business Excellence podcast. 